0: We live in a culture today that cheerleads and applauds apathy and indifference and lukewarmness and consumerism. Spiritual apathy and indifference and lukewarmness has no place in a believer's life. No place.
1: None. Welcome to This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. It is a joy to have you listening today, and we pray that you will be encouraged, challenged, and motivated to live for God like never before. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor John Couch.
0: Oh, Father, we come before you, and God, with a desperation and with a simple prayer, we just ask, oh, Father, that you would speak. That You would move in power all over this room. And God, I pray that these words would not be mine. Give me a divine unction that only comes from You. Holy Spirit, I pray You would open the eyes of the blind. I pray You would set the captives free today. Pray for those that have given their lives to you that you would renew them, that you would build them up in the faith today, that they would leave here today just proclaiming the goodness of you, O oh God. Oh Father, we worship you on this glorious Lord's day. And we pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus, who is forever risen indeed. And we pray this in his name. And all God's people said, Amen. "Amen." Take your Bible and turn here to the glorious passage of Second Peter, Second Peter chapter one. Looking at just one verse today, verse five, and so here we are in this great, great pivotal passage, with the question in your sermon notes there of. How am I supplementing my faith? I want you to ask yourself that question. How are you today? How are you supplementing your faith? You notice I didn't say, how are you replacing your faith? I said, how are you, how am I today actively supplementing our faith? You say, I didn't know I was supposed to. Well, let's read together in 2 Peter Chapter 1, verse 5. Simple verse. For this very reason, don't miss that. Make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge. Now, I want to pause for for just a moment. I want you to stand with me. Just go ahead and stand if you would. And on the screen, I want us to see what we call our declaration of being a church member. And I want us to hone in for just a moment on this. Uh, This is something that came to mind a while back. And there's nothing magical in this, but I believe it's, it's an anthem, if you will. I believe for the true believer that it encapsulates for us in this body, this fellowship, this community of what we're all about. And there's something, church, I don't know if you know this, I don't know if you believe this, but I believe this, but this, what I hold in my hand today, is the living, breathing Word of God that will forever change your life. And I pray we never take this book for granted. And I pray that we hold it high physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And I want to ask you right now to hold it high. Let's hold this Bible high. Get get Bibles up all over the room. And I want us to recite this. We willingly say, God, we we willingly go, man, we're gonna get under the word. It's a joyful submission to say, God, we're not in control. You are, man, we're submitting to you. Here's what we're gonna do. And so let's just read this together out loud because we're gonna study virtue and knowledge today. And I wanted to have this declaration on the front end. Say it with a shout with me. Here it is. Ready? I exist to bring glory to God to study and obey His Word, to commune with Him in daily fervent prayer, and to be a fully devoted disciple of Jesus that makes fully devoted disciples of Jesus. I am a Bible-believing follower of Jesus Christ, and if you believe that today, shout amen. 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 You may be seated. You say, why would we do that? Well, I want to just make sure we understand church. We got to understand about this virtue. We got to understand this knowledge. In a, in a world today that is jockeying for your affection, everything in this world today is pulling on me, it's pulling on you, it's, it's saying, psst. psst, come here, John. John, you're not getting your needs met. Psst. Psst. And the world and the enemy that they're whispering. That's why we want to be anchored. We, we want to be rooted. We want to be grounded deeply in the truth of Scripture. And here, right out of the gate... Peter, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says these glorious words. He says, for this very reason, what reason? Like, what reason is he talking about here? Well, take your Bible and flip up to the first verses that we read last week. And here's the reason, I want you to see this clearly. Here's the reason, it's 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. If you want to know the reason how you're going to supplement your faith, why you should supplement your faith, right here it is in verses 3 and 4. Look at it very clearly, His, this is Jesus, His divine, this deity, power, this dynamite, this dunamis has granted it's given to us all things did you understand we don't need anything else we have a stockpile if you will of spiritual resources that pertain to what here it is to life and godliness godliness is holiness Through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory, His own majesty, His own praise, His own doxa, and His excellence, key word, here it is, verse 4, by which He has granted, He's given to us His precious and very great promises. Why? Here it is. So that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped From the corruption that is in the world because of the sinful desire. When you today, if you're a true believer in Jesus Christ and your life is no longer your own, it's real, it's not phony, it's not baloney, it's real in your life, here's the deal, you will begin to understand, you'll begin to embrace what Christ really did for you that you now become a partaker with him. You are now an heir to the throne. You are now a son and a daughter. You have been adopted. And because of that, for this very reason, he says this, make every effort. When you study that phrase, make every effort, it means this, to be diligent, To exert maximum effort in your spiritual walk, to not be passive. You talk about fighting words to the American dream in 2022. We will make every effort to do what we want to do. We got ball games and vacations and and this and that that's jockeying for our attention. And here Peter is by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he's just, he's pleading. You, you can just sense it. He's going, he's like, man, when you understand verses 3 and 4, verse 5 comes alive. He said, I, I want you to make every effort. I want you to be diligent. I, I want you to be intentional. I, I want you to be urgent. I, I want you to be focused. I, I don't want... Your life in Christ to just be a sideshow. I, I don't want you to be a weekend warrior for Jesus. I, I don't want you just to, you know, kind of have Jesus be the fuzzy dice around your mirror and, and to be the hood ornament on your car called life. Peter's saying, look, Jesus must be your everything. And for the person that understands, the, for the person that gets verses so beautifully, verses three and four. Verse 5, comes alive. (laughs) You know, so many people uh, in our culture today are really struggling. And it's not a schedule problem. It's not a clock problem. It's a spiritual problem. And I can't tell you. I've lost count over the years of people that when I say, "Hey, you know, we miss you, how you doing, what's going on?" and I often hear these words. "We're really busy." maybe it's time to get unbusy I don't know if you know this church but, but Jesus is coming back and I hope you're ready and one of my goals is to try my best and by the power of the Holy Spirit to prepare you to be ready But but I can't make people want this. you got to make every effort. It just has to become your life. And I just see so many people living in spiritual hopelessness, spiritual mediocrity, lukewarmness, apathy, indifference. And here, Peter's saying, look, you got to make every effort to do something. You mean, pastor, we're supposed to do something? Yeah. What do we do here in this context? He says this to, to supplement. It means this from the root of the word supplement is the word you could argue supply. So I want you to picture this. So when you understand verses 3 and 4 of Second Peter, chapter 1, and you understand what Christ did, you understand that, that you now become a partaker with Him, that, that through His blood, through His righteousness, through His atoning and imputing work on that cross, through the power of the resurrection, through the power of the empty tomb, when you begin to understand this, when you begin to embrace it, when you begin to live it, when it begins to ooze from your flesh... Like when they cut you, you bleed, Jesus. When that begins to take over your life, you will understand this next statement that you will have a burning desire to supplement, to supply, to furnish, to nourish. Your faith. Faith unnourished grows calloused. Faith unnourished grows hardened. Ever met someone that had a hardened heart spiritually? A hardened countenance, you just saw it on their face. The eyes are the window to the soul, and so as you look into the people's eyes, you can see clearly. And Peter says here, I I want you to supplement your faith. I want you to supplement this with two things in this verse. Number one is virtue. It means this excellence. Moral excellence. Excellence in life. It's amazing how excellent we will be for our jobs it's amazing how excellent we'll be for our hobbies. It's so not amazing how unexcellent we will be for Jesus. Why? Well, our hobbies we enjoy, so we will be excellent for those, won't we? Our jobs we're excellent for because if we don't, we get fired and there's great consequences. But what we don't understand is when we're not being excellent for the Lord, when we're not feeding our faith, when we're not supplementing, nourishing our faith, we will become and grow calloused and hardened and bittered, and the truth will begin to offend us. The truth will begin to offend. we hear truth, we go, that's not for me. And then we'll we'll package it and we'll cloak it in Excuses. No, no, Peter is saying, look, if you're really in from verses 3 and 4, this will be the byproduct of that true conversion, verse 5. Number one, it will be virtue. And here's your key number one I want you to write down. Write this down in your notes. Key number one, when the faith I profess is genuine, when it's real, by the enabling of the Holy Spirit, not by my enabling or your own. I will make every effort to live a life of excellence for the Lord. Key number one, write it down. Write this down all over the room. Write this down. When the faith I profess is genuine, when it's true, real, by the enabling of the Holy Spirit, I will make every effort to live a life of excellence for the Lord. This making every effort, I mean, if, if someone said, hey, uh, put your name in the blank, and they said, hey, you know, you're going to get a job promotion, and we're excited for you, and here's the opportunity, and here are the things I want you to do so that we can go, you know what, we're going to promote you, would you just sit back and go, you know what, you know, I'm just going to cruise until that date, you know, if I get around to it, I may do something, and if I don't feel like it, I may not, if I got the sniffles, or I got the cold, or, you know, if there's three drops of rain, you know, I, I may get around to it, but I may not. What's amazing, what motivates us, isn't it? And God's passive judgment right now. You notice I said right now. Uh, somehow we deductively in our minds just go, well, he must be okay with lukewarm, apathetic indifference. I can assure you he's not. Note Revelation 3. It makes someone to vomit nauseating to him when he sees people that profess Jesus. I'm all in for Jesus. And then just everything else takes precedence. Make every effort, church. Because here's the deal. Hear my heart on this next statement. Give Give me your eyes for a moment. I want to make sure this one sinks in deep. Listen very carefully when we say next. Every day you waste Not living for Jesus, you never get back. It's gone. It's gone. Every day, and maybe there's some in this room today that are just wasting, just wasting days. I've heard this before over years in ministry. One of these days, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. One of these days. What if one of these days never comes? I made these notes here. We live in a culture today that cheerleads and applauds apathy and indifference and lukewarmness and consumerism. I said, spiritual apathy and indifference and lukewarmness has no place in a believer's life. No place. None. What happens when Pastor John pulls up to a store and they don't have what he's looking for? What does Pastor John typically do? Not a trick question. Well, he gets in his car, and guess where he goes? To another store. Oh, how that ideology has infiltrated our spiritual lives. You will never get today back. When you lay your head on the pillow tonight, when I lay my head on the pillow, I will never get today back. And here's what I've learned over the years, church, I've learned this, as I've sat at the bedside of people that are going to enter into an eternity, and when you do that, you talk about something that will rock your world. When you stand next to someone who's entering into an eternity, when you talk about something that will get your attention, and I've never heard one person say, man, I wish I would have had more vacations Never heard one person say, I wish I would have, you know, spent more time at the office. You know, pastor, as I'm laying here dying, boy, I wish I would have worked more. I haven't heard anyone say that. All I hear is regret. With tears streaming down their face. It's regret. Why did I give my life to Jesus sooner? Why did I waste all these days? because that's what ends up in the end of that highway there, is living for self. There's just a big pile of regret. Oh, church, I implore you today. I implore me today. I'm speaking to myself. I've been digesting this all week long. And Man, God's really just stirred in my soul even today, but I pray we would not get caught up in the world any longer. I pray we would not get caught up in what the world has to offer. I pray even right now we'd get caught up in the Holy Spirit. You know, it's time for some of us to take off our spiritual floaties. so many people i know that have professed jesus for decades are still swimming around in the shallow end of the spiritual pool and god's calling you to the deep end today saying launch out into the deep launch out into the deep where there's there's nothing to hang on to but me jesus says and watch me work in your life Watch miracles begin to happen in your family, dads and granddads and and single moms today as you lead your families in the way of the Lord, as you begin to surrender all today, and you draw that line in the sand, so to speak, spiritually, and you say, you know what? I'm going to decide today, like on this day, April 3rd, 2022, today is my day. I'm no longer going to live straddling the line, one foot in the world and one foot in Jesus, but today I'm all in for His glory. I have decided today to Follow him, no turning back, no turning back, if none go with me. I'm still following Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter five, verses six through 10, says it like this. "So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith and church, not by sight. Yes, verse 8, we are of good courage. Are you picking up on a good courage theme here? And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. And all God's people shouted amen to that. Man, I can hear the trumpet right now. Amen. So whether we are at home or away, we... Here it is. Oh, so here it is. Here's the nugget. I love this. I love this. Well, if I could circle the screen right now, I'd do it. Ooh, it's good, isn't it? Church, what do we do? What do you do right here in this verse? We make it our aim to do wise, to Please the Lord. But Every day for the true believer, here's what you should be doing. Here's what I should be doing. Every day, your eyes pop open. Boom, right? Ever happened to you? You open your eyes and you actually hear boom, bing. Ever happened at your house? Bing, 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 bing. Eyes are open. I mean, every day you do that. It should be like, "Ooh, where are you taking me today, Jesus?" God, what do you want to do with my life today? God, how can I make it my aim? God, how can I make it my aim to be pleasing to you today? I pray that today would be a defining moment in my life and your life. Every day you would say, God, my life's no longer my own. Here's my schedule. Here's my family. Here's my job. Here are my possessions that you've lent to me. Here's my checkbook. And we would just say, I want to make it my aim just to please you all the days of my life. Why? Verse 10 there, that same passage. For we must all appear. Can't squirm out of this one, sorry. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's for the true believer. That's a good thing, but we're still going to give an account. Not for salvation, but for the reward. So that each one may receive, here it is, what is due for what he has done in the body, in the flesh, whether good or evil. We're, we're still given an account. People get this all confused. They go, well, I give my life to Jesus. So you know how we say it, right? Let's go what? Partay, right? Well, for the person who says that, you don't understand salvation. Because if you really understand salvation, you no longer want to be half in. You want to be totally in. Here's kind guy of like, I'm all in for Jesus, Why? Because he's transformed your life. He's made all things new. The old has passed away. He's taken you from literally from darkness to light. He's taken you from death to life. He's taken you from the grip of Satan to his power, his might, his grace, and his mercy. Why would you want to go back if it's real? so many people right now professing christ and i hear this all the time i mean when i say all the time i'm talking all the time talking about a a spouse talking about a son a daughter talking about a relative well you know that they you know jimmy susie they they professed jesus when they were six and even though there's been no fruit in the last 50 years i know they're saved what like are you serious the Bible says this, bear godly fruit that leads to repentance. The Bible says this, that we will bear good fruit from our salvation. It's almost like it makes us feel better to say those things, even though we're going, you know what, well, I'm really not sure. That's why I was thinking of this next verse, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. You guys know this one, 3.23 of Colossians. Whatever you do, how much is not included in whatever you do? not much, amen. Work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So in everything we're doing, we should be working for the Lord. Everything. When you go to your job site tomorrow, uh, when you go to the retirement gathering, when you go to the help us all, Lord, when you go to the family reunion, amen. Help us, Jesus. Be living for the Lord. Just everywhere you're going, Just live for the Lord. It's not that hard when you've actually given your life to Jesus. Now, what's really hard is to live for the Lord everywhere you go when you really haven't given your life to Jesus. Man, that's a tough charade to pull off. (laughs) But when it's real, it's just a natural outflow. It's just what you do everywhere you go. Philippians says it like this, 4 verse 8. Philippians 4.8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, I love it, if there is any excellence, any virtue, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Did you catch that? Did you hear what he wrote there? Paul wrote there to the church in Philippi, think about these things. What is so important about thinking on these things? Why should I think on Scripture? Why should I meditate on Scripture so I can impress you? No. So you can check off a box? No. Why should we be doing these things? Why should you and I be making every effort to drive this deep? As I read Proverbs chapter 3 this morning, there were so many highlighted verses in Proverbs chapter 3, and there's so many good verses, and when and we know so many of them there, but so many we don't know, we know this, that we must take truth and, and write it on the tablet of our heart, we must bind it around our neck. We must fear the Lord and depart from evil. Do not be wise in your own eyes. It says this, that the Lord looks on the wicked as an abomination, and that house that does not truly give their lives to Christ, it says this as a curse. I mean, all through Proverbs chapter 3, the knowledge, the virtue of excellence you see in that one chapter. Let's think on these things. Be renewed by your mind, the battlefield of the mind. What I think on is what I act on. What you think on is what you act on. So the more you think on whatever is what you're going to act on. If I think on Scripture, if I think about the goodness of God and meditating on Him and just abiding in Him all the day long and, and listening to uh, God-honoring music and just filling my heart with the presence of the Lord, we know right there in the Psalms it says this so beautifully that you, God, not the world, not your circumstances improving, but you, God, make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. And oh, by the way, in your presence... Oh, think about that in his presence. There's the presence of the Lord that brings the fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Aren't you glad that at his right hand, the glorious treasures that he gives us never cease? Isn't that so glorious? Think on those truths meditate ponder because hebrews says it like this chapter 10 write this down hebrews 10 24 through 25 you talk about being excellent how can i how can i practically be excellent for the lord how can i practically be excellent for the lord well here's one way right here and let us what consider how to stir up who one another To do what? To love and good works, not for faith, but from the faith, from the salvation, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I don't know about you, but as I know that we are getting closer and closer, no one knows the time nor the hour, not even the sun. Only the Father knows, but I know this, when you study prophecy and you see what's going on in our world today, there is no doubt we're getting closer, amen? We can agree on that. We're getting closer. I pray that motivates you and me. I mean, as a body of believers, we we don't want to just be here occasionally. I mean, I pray that we circle the calendar every Sunday morning and go, you know what, I'm blocking out this day. Sundays right now, I don't know if you know this, are the new Saturday. That's what they are. They're the new Saturday. When I was a kid, that was a few years ago. Don't amen that. But when I was a kid, man, we we never played any sports. We never did anything on Sunday. We went to church, right? That's what we did. Man, now it's just the new Saturday. Well, you just kind of do what you want. And it's just a scheme from the enemy is what it is let's just pull people away from from the gathering of believers. Let's pull people away from from the house of the Lord. I don't know about you, but here's one of my passions and visions. I pray that you will join with me in this prayer. But I say this, why don't we at this church, why don't we start a revolution at this church and let's take back Sunday and let's make it the house of the Lord and the day of the Lord. Amen. And let's just make it God's day that we're going to honor you That we're going to be here, we're going to get fed, we're going to get nourished, we're going to grow spiritually, we're going to sing praises, we're going to pray, we're going to fellowship together. But you got to understand this, the enemy, he wants to do everything in my life and your life to keep us away from other believers. Why? Because we grow in that. That's where you grow, but when you're around other people and they nourish you and they just uplift you. But not in 2022 that's not the name of the game is it and my heart weeps think about 9 11 remember 9 11 back in 2001 and that first sunday what happened remember this i remember this vividly the standing room only wasn't it i mean there were lines they had pictures all over the news of, of lines outside of churches on sunday morning why why i'll tell you why god had our attention didn't he it's amazing what we do when, when the screws get tightened, don't they? And yet comfort always leads to collapse. Always. Always. Out of a question here, and this is not rhetorical, but I'm just kind of curious this morning. But how many people besides me, I'll start this, want to be excellent for the Lord? Is there anyone besides me that you'd be willing to go? Man, I want to be excellent for the Lord. Amen. All over the room. This is exciting. So so it's not that we don't want to be excellent. Now we just got to do some recalibration, don't we? And just go, what's really important? Like what's really important in life? Like, like let me ask you this question. If you knew, if you knew that Jesus was coming back tomorrow at noon, let's say that somehow you knew this. We don't know this, but if you knew that Jesus was coming back tomorrow at noon, how would you live differently from this point forward to noon of tomorrow? Well, it's amazing, isn't it? Whoa. Jesus coming back? See, we don't know when he's coming back, so shouldn't we live with that urgency every day? Just every day. I don't, I don't know when he's coming back. I wanna be ready. I wanna be ready. Make every effort to live with excellence for the Lord. Lastly, here's our second point and last one. Here's what it says And what? And virtue. With knowledge. Look at the last part of that. And virtue with knowledge. So, so, what is knowledge? Don't overcomplicate this. He's referring to here the truth of God's word, but not only the truth of it, here it is, don't miss this, church, but correctly understanding it and correctly applying it. Make a note of that. So, when he uses this word knowledge here, gnosis, in the original, He's saying this, I want you to take this excellent desire, this excellent desire, and go, I just don't want to have this desire because I need something to fuel it. I need something to feed it. Well, what do you feed it with? The knowledge of the Word, but also application of the Word. If we just leave here today and we go, oh, man, that was great to be in the house of the Lord today, and we said a couple of amens, and you know, we sang a few songs, and uh, we had a little coffee and juice afterwards... But we leave here not applying what we've learned. Now we've lost. We've lost. The whole point is to go from this place today applying. Think about this key number two. I want you to write this down in your notes. Key number two. Write this down. Last key. Here it is. When the faith I profess is genuine by the enabling of the Holy Spirit, I will make every effort to live a life pursuing the knowledge of the Lord. Say this again. Key number two. When the faith I profess is genuine, it's real, it's true, it's not fake, it's real, by the enabling of the Holy Spirit, not of your power, not of mine, I will make every effort, I will be diligent, I will have maximum exertion to live a life pursuing the knowledge, the truth of the Lord. Now, Now, there's two thoughts here I want to make a note of, okay? So, two thoughts here regarding this knowledge. As I said earlier, what you think on, number one, is what you act on. So, don't miss that. Have you ever been sitting there? Maybe you're laying in your bed at night, and maybe something's weighing heavy on you. Anyone ever been there before besides me? You know, there's something weighing heavy on you, a big decision, a challenge, and you're laying there in bed, and it's crazy because, have you noticed this, the more you think on it, what happens? Well, the bigger it becomes. Like, the more I think on a problem, usually the bigger it becomes. Now, when I give that problem to Jesus, burdens are lifted at Calvary, amen? But secondly... We must feast on Scripture. Now, hear my heart on this. We live in a culture that's feeding us so much foolish nonsense. And garbage in, garbage out. What you think on is what you become, what you take in is what you become. We must make every effort to guard the renewal of our minds. We must be sober and vigilant. Why? Because the devil, our adversary, he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. If you are today here at this church and you're saying, you know what, I'm not perfect, but I've given my life to Jesus, and my life is surrendered to Him, I'm still growing in sanctification, I'm still learning, but you are real and true in your profession of faith in Him, i got to be very, very direct with you this morning. And the directness I'm going to give you right now is out of love. If that's you here this morning, Satan hates you. He hates your family. He hates your marriage. He hates everything about you. He has come to kill, steal, and destroy. The fury of hell has been unleashed on you. But aren't you glad? Aren't you glad, church, that even though that's true, aren't you glad today That the truth, the knowledge, the written word, where we go to not how I feel, but we go back to what I know. Don't tell me what you feel. Tell me what you know. And aren't you glad in the midst of the reality that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution? Church family today, aren't you glad? Can we get a shout of amen here? Aren't you glad that the truth tells us this, that the gates of hell will not prevail? that's what fuels me i am so glad that in the midst of the craziness that i deal with that the gates of hell will not prevail amen that awesome now we have power by the blood of jesus we know our redeemer lives even if none go with us, we're still following Him. Oh, the Lord gives, He takes away, but we shout today, blessed be the name of our God. Do you see how we can turn all of this narrative of all the nonsense and the darkness that maybe you're facing today, and as you give your life to Christ, as you bathe in the Scriptures, as you go to Him in just constant vertical communion and prayer, do you see what He can begin to do in your life, that you can be more than a conqueror today through Christ Jesus our Lord? Your circumstances may not improve, but Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You go deeper to the treasure trove of Scripture. You know your Redeemer lives, as I said. You begin to quote Scripture. You say, oh God, I know this, that you're on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You just go on and on to the glorious wellspring of the knowledge of God, and it begins to refresh your soul, and you begin to sing for joy. That's how great our God is, isn't He? Don't you love this? I love this stuff. I mean, how can you not get excited about Jesus, amen? I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. I see people that, man, you know what? I've been a believer for 63 years. By their life, here's how singing. Victory in Jesus. I'm kinda of like, man, if that's what you're selling, I'm not buying, amen. I'm not saying there's not hard days, trust me. We're all there. we're all there, all of us. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. We all got struggles. But man, if you're a true believer in Jesus, whoo, man. <laughs> well, there should be a victory amen because we just know it Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. you talk about knowledge write these final verses down by the way I love those addresses those are kind of easy to remember Amen. if you can count you're good to go aren't you 14 15 16 Jeremiah 15, 16, your words, oh, I love this, were found and I ate them. Woo! Well, this dude's serious, isn't he? Why? Because your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord of hosts. It's good, isn't it? Anyone eaten scripture lately? And I pray spiritually you are. Let me give you these last two chunks of Scripture that, that I pray will just begin even right now. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray all over this room. All over this room, I pray it'll speak to your heart. Let me give you these two chunks of Scripture. Second Timothy, write this down. Second Timothy chapter 3, 10 through 17, and I'll give you the final chunk. But let me read these two passages that I pray will just begin to make your heart sing. Knowledge of God, right? We got virtue, we got knowledge, excellence. So from this day forward, we're living with excellence. We're all in for Jesus. I and mean, he's going to take precedence on what we do. He becomes our schedule. That's what we're going to start doing from this day forward. And oh, by the way, we're going to supplement it, supply it with knowledge, true biblical doctrine and teaching. And right here, here's what the Word of God says. Paul writes to Timothy. He says this, 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 17. Listen closely. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim, there it is again, my aim in life my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, we don't like that one, and sufferings, ouch, that happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet, yet, from them all the Lord rescued me. He saved me. Indeed, here it is. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Can't get around it. Can't escape it. There aren't any detours. If you're really in for Jesus, it's just going to happen. It's part of it. While evil people, here it is. This is 2022. Here it is. While evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived... But as for you, Timothy, but as for you, John, put your name in there. But as for you, continue. Continue in what I, what? Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. Knowing. Did you catch this? Not feeling? Did you catch this? Knowing. What do you know today? What do you know through the truth of God's word, knowing? From whom you learned it? And how far? And how from childhood you have what been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation, regeneration, being born again, being rescued through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture. Not some. All Scripture. Is breathed out by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Why? Here it is. Why? So that the man, so that the person of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Church, did you see this here? Go back for just a moment, right there. Verse 16. All scripture, not some, is breathed, given life by God, and is profitable. It will give us a paycheck. For teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Why? That the man, the woman, the student, the child of God may be complete, may be equipped for every good work. And all God's people said, wow, isn't that good? You say, well, what's the other chunk? well, I'm glad you asked. Look in your Bible. Look on the screen. 2 Timothy chapter 4. It rolls right in. You got to remember when Scripture was originally written, there weren't the chapter breaks. Here is the next thought after what I just read in chapter 3. Here's the next thought. Chapter 4, verse 1 and following to 6. Here it is. I charge you, so he's talking to Timothy again, obviously, I charge you in the presence of God, of Christ Jesus, in light of what I just said, Paul is saying to Timothy, in light of all Scripture being these glorious things as it's breathed out by God, he says, because of that, here's what I charge you with, I love this, who is able to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season when it's popular. And now of the season when it's not popular. Oh, reproof, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. Here it is, 2022 America. For the time is coming and we are here when people will not endure sound doctrine. There it is right there. I don't want to hear that. That's offensive to my flesh. I'm going to go somewhere where it's more happy. They won't endure sound doctrine. But having itching ears... Ears get itching. Hmm. They will what? Accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And they will turn away from listening to the truth. And they will wander off into myths but as for you, always be sober-minded, enduring suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, we live in a day where proclamation of the written Word of God is not popular. But let me be clear here, and I pray you hear me on this. God has driven this deep into my soul. He hasn't called me to be popular. He's called me to preach the word. He hasn't called me to be popular. He's called you and me to be holy. And so I pray today, I pray today all over this room that there will be a clarion call all over this room. I pray all over this room as I'm talking right now. I pray that every person in this auditorium today will will make just a dagger in the ground today. I pray that you will not leave here today. Here's my prayer. I pray you won't leave here today determining whether you're really in or you're really out. I pray today you're going, I pray everyone in this room says, I'm all in. Look, I go, I'm all in. I'm going to live with excellence for the rest of my days. I'm going to just be in the knowledge of the Word. I'm going to get under the knowledge of the Word And as we explore more of these virtues, more of these excellent things over the coming weeks. I'm going to be here, and I'm going to grow, and I'm going to fellowship, and I'm going to become a vibrant part of this community. I'm going to find my place of service. I'm just not going to be a consumer and take, but I'm going to find some place to serve, and I'm going to give, and I want to make a difference, and I want to move the needle forward, and I want to see my my family and my co-workers and my friends and my neighbors i I want to see them come to know jesus boy i pray that's you because that's my heartbeat and i pray we'll rally together to have great excellence for the lord and i pray we'll rally together to joyfully come here every sunday every wednesday night to feast on the written treasure of god's word amen Oh, Father, we love You. We come before You. We worship You. God, I pray as we just go to this time here of, of meditation, of reflection. Oh, God, do a work in this place today. God, maybe there's one here today that has never given their life to You and they keep delaying, they keep putting off. Lord, I pray today will be the day. Lord, maybe there's one here today that, boy, they're just struggling putting you first. The world has got them busy. Busy, busy, busy. Being under Satan's yoke. Busy. Oh, Holy Spirit, move in this place. don't allow us to be a people that don't truly live for You. Have us be a people that are surrendered not some, but that are surrendered all. Oh, Father, move in this time as we open the altar to pray, to confess, to repent, to start a new day today. As the Holy Spirit speaking to you, what new day do you need to start today? From this day forward, how are you going to live differently for Jesus? Oh, do a work right now. To you be the praise God, to you be the glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name
1: and all God's people said, amen.